up everybody happy sunday it is actually sunday the 6th of june d-day if you're an american it's been a while had a lot going on i had family come and visit from germany you know just a lot of stuff going on i'm back in the office i, I think i mentioned that um, a few shows ago um and being back is, is difficult it definitely limits what you can do you know i have like a total of a one hour commute you know every day so it's like 30 minutes in the morning 30 minutes actually more it's more like 25 in the morning 35 coming home um but you know it's not not too bad i'd be lying if i said that i wasn't able to you know keep up with what's going on in the world of football i, I definitely have been uh, one of my colleagues you know his cube is right next to mine um we that that's the first thing we talk about like i usually get in at like six o'clock in the morning and He's a Man U fan. I'm a newly acquired Man City fan. And uh, that's one of the first things that we usually talk about in the morning is what's going on, what madness has happened, who, you know, Jose Mourinho's going to be coaching next year and all this other craziness. Um, so, you know, it's just I haven't been able to get on and, and, and actually take the time to record a show, um, which is terrible. And I, I, I deeply apologize for that. I'm trying to get better with it. I'm trying to like set time aside to be able to do it. I may have to like shorten up the episodes, but do, you know, one or two during the week. Um, the good thing is, well, I guess it's good and bad, is that the club season is over. And now we're moving into the summer where we're going to have CONCACAF Gold Cup, the UEFA European Championships, and hopefully, possibly, maybe a Copa America. Um I don't know. We'll see. It's looking more and more less like there is going to be a Copa America. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Everything is, is constantly changing tomorrow. There might be something new, um, but I'll, I'll get into that later. So again, thank you guys for sticking with me, sticking with the show. Um, this is going to be my second to last show that I do before I head off to Europe. So I will do another show next week, probably next Monday. Maybe Sunday. We'll see. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to be traveling to uh, to Germany for a couple of weeks, visit family, and uh, and be over there watching the Euros. The Euros already have started by the time I get there, but uh, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, going back to Germany, watching some games um, in Europe, even though I won't be in the stadiums or anything like that. But I am looking forward to, you know, doing that. That was something that I was constantly doing before. Of course, now I'm, we're not living there. We're going to be visiting. Um, so I'll be staying in my in-laws house. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, and how, how that whole thing works. I'm not going to have my own TV. Probably going to be watching the games on my computer. Um, but we'll see. You know, anything is anything's possible. So anyway, uh, i got a lot to cover because, I you know, I always say that whenever I miss, you know, a decent amount of shows or a decent amount of weeks uh, in between recordings. Um, but I'm just going to get right into it. The biggest game of the year um, with regards to European club soccer is the UEFA Champions League. And, you know, this this year was, was pretty big. You had two English clubs facing off in the European Club Championship, which is what the Champions League is. And uh, it was Man City, who I, I still believe is the best team in the world. But you have Man City versus Chelsea. Now, Chelsea had a lot, you know, a lot of turmoil throughout their season. 
Um, you know, they fired their coach, brought in a new coach, and, uh, you know, on, on the flip side, you have Man City, who has arguably one of the best coaches in the world. And, you know, people are just waiting for them to win the Champions League. They're, like, destined to eventually win it. It just seems like every season prior to this, uh, Pep Guardiola was having a really difficult time, you know, getting into the final. This year they did it. They looked hot. And, it again, it didn't happen. You know, Pep Guardiola is considered to be a brain when it comes to the game of football. He's... I don't know. He, he's just, he's, he's, he's a great coach. Um, but uh, he, he just doesn't seem to be able to close it out. Some people say he overthinks. You know, he went into this game without a true striker, which I guess, you know, if, if it would have worked, people would be like, wow, he's a genius, you know, this, that, and the other. But it didn't work. And again, Man City did not, was not able to bring home the, uh, the trophy. So it was Man City 0, Chelsea 1. And, you know, keep in mind, not too long ago, I think Chelsea was in like 10th place at the start of the year or something like that. Um, They brought in Thomas Tuchel, who was fired from PSG because he wasn't able to bring the trophy, uh, you know, to even I mean, they made it to the Champions League final last year, but um, he wasn't able to to bring it out, bring the trophy um, to Paris, fired, brought on by Chelsea, and he goes and wins it with Chelsea. Um, can't be mad, you know, I mean, everybody expected Man City to win this game, but you can't be mad at a, like a success story like Thomas Tuchel, um, he's a German coach, German coaches are in high demand. They always seem to be, but, uh, got fired, bounced to another team. So, you know, that other PSG, they're like, what the hell? We let this guy go. And then he goes and wins the trophy. That, that, that has to sting. It has to, but, you know, congratulations to Chelsea. Um, it was it was a great game. Kai Havertz uh, had the winner, uh, but you know Man City just looked. I don't know. I don't want to say looked ill prepared, but you know Kevin De Bruyne got hurt. He had like two broken bones in his face. It was accidental. It wasn't anything intentional. But uh, Man City, I think, had one shot on target in the whole game. They just they just didn't look like themselves, or or at least what you expect them to put forward. Um, but. You know, there's always next year. That's the beauty of football. There's always next year. And, uh, you know, we'll see how both of these teams, Chelsea and Man City, what they're going to do going forward. You know, it, it's always amazing when you win the title. Um, you know, but it's also amazing when you have a great team like Man City does and you lose it. <laughs> and then you see how they bounce back the following season. So I'll be interested to see um, how they do. I mean, you got the champions of the league and the champions of Europe now. Two totally different different teams, but that's the beauty of the Champions League. So, all right, uh, flipping to the Europa League. This game, I did not get to see. Like, the Champions League final, I'm not going to lie, it was on my wedding anniversary. And, uh, you know, we had family visiting, but I wasn't able to watch the game. I did see some of the highlights later, and I think I did watch a replay of the game, or at least the majority of it. Might have been like the, you know, like the uh, the condensed version of the game, um, but it was pretty good. But I, I did not get to watch the game on the 29th because it was my wedding anniversary. Um, but the Europa League, different story. I left work as it started, came home, started to watch some of it, 
and then I had to, you know, to pick my kids up and stuff like that. So kind of missed it. I definitely missed the ending, <laughs> but I did go back and watch the uh, the highlights afterwards. But um, for those who don't know, I mean, it's you know, it's been a you know week and a half. Um, it was Villarreal versus Man United. Game finished one one. Then it went to penalties, and it ended up finishing eleven to ten on penalties. And the goalkeeper for Manchester United. David De Gea was the one that that missed it and lost it for them, which I think is pretty crazy. If you're going to, to goalkeepers, usually it never goes that far, but that that's pretty exciting. You know, a lot of people kind of wrote Villarreal out of this. Um, I think they finished seventh in in La Liga, and they they were not expected to be able to do anything against uh, Man United. But Unai Emery, I mean, it, this is like his tournament. I mean, he just couldn't win it with Arsenal, but. This is his tournament, basically. I think he's won it like five times or something like that. Um, so yeah, you got to give respect to to uh, La Liga, Villarreal. I mean, they beat Man City, who, or excuse me, Manchester United, who finished second in Premier League. So Villarreal now will be moving on to the Champions League next season, even though they finished in seventh in La Liga. So. Um, I had I've had these notes prepared for a while because I was planning on doing a show immediately after the uh, Champions League final um, a couple of Sundays ago, but I wasn't able to. Um, so I'm not even going to go over like the scores of like the final match days for these leagues because it's kind of pointless now. But I will go over the final tables. So we're going to start off in France with Ligue 1. Surprisingly, Lille won the league. I mean, to me, this came out of nowhere because I know at the beginning of the season, I definitely did not predict that Lille was going to win the league. Just like everybody else, I was like, oh, it's going to be uh, PSG. I was 100% certain that they were going to win it. And they they fell short by one point. And, you know, they had some some losses during the season that they can look back and be like, hey, we should have won that or we should have at least drew that match. Um, but Lille finished on top with 83 points, league champions, and obviously they qualify for the Champions League. Paris Saint-Germain finished in second with 82 points, qualified for the Champions League group stage. Uh, Monaco finished in third with 78 points, and they qualified for the uh, Europa Champions League third qualifying round. That's going to be a tough battle for them to get into the group stage. Um, Lyon finished in fourth with 76 points. They qualified for the Europa League group stage. Marseille finished in fifth with 60 points. They qualified for the Europa League group stage. Um, Rene finished in six, 58 points. They qualified for the Europa Conference League playoff round. Um, in seventh, we had Lens with uh, 57 points. Montpellier was in eighth with 54. Nice in ninth with 52, followed by Metz in 10th with 47. 11th place, we had Saint Etienne with 46 points. Bordeaux was in 12th with 45 points. Anguin in 13th with 44 points. Rem in 14th with 42, Strasbourg in 15th, also with 42, FC Lorient in 16th, also with 42, Brest finished in 17th with 41 points, Nem finished in 19th with 35 points, they were relegated, Dijon finished last with 18 points, they were relegated. In the relegation slash promotion playoff, uh, the first leg you had to lose one uh, not two, and the final or the second leg, not lost one to zero, but on aggregate they were able to 
um, you know, to keep themselves in league on. So uh, Troya and Clermont are promoted from League 2. And obviously not, they'll stay. So those are the three teams, I guess, that will be, uh, well, the two teams plus the winner of the playoff um, that will be in League 1 next season. So also, um, last little bit about France, the Coupe de France. Uh, PSG defeated Monaco 2-0. So PSG did end the season with a trophy. Um, they're the French Cup champions. All right, moving on to La Liga. This was another surprise. Um, Atletico Madrid won the league. <clears throat> Excuse me. And obviously qualified for the Champions League. They finished with 86 points. In second, we have Real Madrid with 84 points. They qualified for the Champions League. Barcelona in third with 79 points. They qualified for the Europa Champ or excuse me, the UEFA Champions League group stage. In fourth, Sevilla. Uh, they finished with 77 points. They qualified for the Champions League group stage. Fifth, Real Sociedad with 62 points. They qualified for the Europa League group stage. Uh, sixth place, we had Real Betis with 61 points. Um, they qualified for the Europa League group stage. In seventh place, though, Villarreal with only 58 points, but because they won the Europa League, they qualify for the Champions League group stage. In eighth, we had Celta Vigo with 53 points, Granada in ninth with 46, Athletic Club in 10th with 46 points. In 11th, we had Asasuna with 44. In 12th, we have Cadez also with 44 points, Valencia in 13th with 43, Levante in 14th with 41, Getafe in 15th with 38, Alaves in 16th with 38 points, in 17th, we had Elche with 36 points. In 18th, we had Huesca, 34 points. Unfortunately, they were relegated. In 19th, we had Real Valladolid with 31 points. They were also relegated. In last place, Ibar, 30 points, also relegated. And, you know, it's crazy. If you look from the last six places, from 15th to, to last, only eight points separated them. That's that's pretty tight. I mean, that's a that's a pretty pretty tight group. But then you go to the top of the table, and first place has eighty six points, fourth place has seventy seven, and then below that nobody is past mid sixties, which is is pretty wild. Um, let's see. So I'm gonna have to look at the results for the promotion playoff, but for the second league, Espanol and Mallorca. At the, see, it's my notes. My notes are all messed up. Um, at the time, they had enough points to be promoted, but I don't have the results for the playoff. But anyway, moving on to Serie A. Uh, Inter, they won the league a few weeks ago. They finished with 91 points. They obviously qualified for the Champions League group stage. AC Milan finished in second with 79 points. They qualified for the Champions League group stage. Atalanta in third with 78 points. 78 points also is what Juventus had. Both of them qualify for the Europa, or excuse me, the UEFA Champions League. Fifth place, Napoli with 77 points. They qualify for the Europa League group stage. And sixth is Lazio with 68 points. They qualify for the Europa League group stage. Roma finished in seventh with 62. They qualify for the Europa Conference League playoff round. Then in eighth place, uh, Sassuolo with 62 points. Sampdoria finished in ninth with 52 Hellas Verona finished in 10th with 45. In 11th, we have Genoa with 42 points. 12th, Bologna with 41 points. 
Fiorentina finished in 13th with 40. Udinese in 14th, also with 40. Spezia finished in 15th with 39 points. In 16th, Caligiri with 37 points. Torino in 17th place, also with 37 points. And then the relegated teams in 18th, Benevento, 33 points, relegated. Crotone in 19th with 23 points, relegated. Parma in last place uh, with 20 points, relegated. All right, so as far as the promotion playoffs, uh, you had Citadelia 3, Monza 0, and then Venezia 1 and Lecce 0 for the first leg. Second leg, it was Lecce and Venezia finished with a 1-1 draw, and then Monza and Citadelia Citadella, uh, finished 2-0. So for the final, it was Citadella 0, Venezia 1, and then the second leg, it was a 1-1 draw between Venezia and Citadelia. So with that being said, Venezia is going back to Serie A along with uh, Empoli and forgive me for mispronouncing this, but it looks like it's Salernitana. Salernitana. Those three teams will be moving on to Serie A for next season. All right, moving on to England. Premier League. Man City finished first place, 86 points. League champions, they qualify for the Champions League. Man United finished in second with 74 points, qualify for the Champions League group stage. Liverpool finished in third, surprisingly, with 69 points. They qualify for the Champions League group stage. Chelsea finished in fourth. Uh, they qualified for the Champions League group stage, but it wouldn't matter because they're, they're title holders, so they would have made it anyway. Uh, fifth place, Leicester City, 66 points. They qualify for the Europa League group stage. Uh, West Ham finished in 6th with 65 points. They qualified for the Europa League group stage. And Tottenham finished in 7th with 62 points, and they qualified for the Europa Conference League playoff round. In 8th place, Arsenal with 61 points. Ninth place, Leeds United with 59 points. 10th was Everton with 59 points. 11th was Ashton Villa with 55 points. Newcastle finished in 12th with 45 points. Wolves finished in 13th with 45 points. 14th place, Crystal Palace with 44 points. In 15th, you have Southampton with 43 points. 16th, Brighton Hove Albion with 41 points. 17th, Burnley, 39 points. And the following teams have been relegated. In 18th, Fulham, 27 points. 19th, West Ham, 26 points. And in last, Sheffield United, 20 points. All three of those have been relegated. Championship promotion to determine who's moving on up. Uh, first leg, it was Bournemouth 1, Brentford 0, and Barnsley 0, Swansea City 1. Second leg, it was Brentford 3, Bournemouth 1, and then Swansea City and Barnsley played to a 1-1 draw. And then in the final, it was Brentford 2, Swansea City 0. So Norwich City, Watford, and Brentford will be moving on up to the Premier League. This is Brentford's first time playing in the Premier League, which is pretty Pretty amazing. All right, moving on to the Bundesliga. Bayern won the title. We knew that was coming. League champions, obviously they qualify for Champions League. Second place, RB Leipzig, 65 points, Champions League. Uh, third place, Borussia Dortmund, 64 points. They qualified for the uh, Champions League group stage. Fourth place, surprise, Wolfsburg, 61 points. They qualify for the uh, Champions League group stage. Fifth place, Eintracht Frankfurt with 60 points. They qualify for the Europa League group stage. Uh, let's see, sixth place, Bayer Leverkusen, 52 points. They qualify for the Europa League 
group stage, Union Berlin. And this is crazy. This is only their second uh, second season in the Bundesliga. Yes, they'll be playing in the Europa Conference League, but who cares? They're, they're playing in a European competition. Congratulations to them. Uh, they finished in seventh with 50 points playing in the Europa Conference League uh, playoff round. In eighth place, you have Borussia Mönchengladbach with 49 points. My beloved VFB Stuttgart finished in ninth with 45 points. That's top half of the table, people. We will take that every day. We will certainly take that. Uh, and on top of this, in 10th place, Freiburg also had 45 points, but Stuttgart finished ahead of them. I will take that every day. Every day. 11th place, Hoffenheim, 43 points. And those teams, 9, 10, and 11, all play in Baden-Württemberg. It's pretty big. Um, 12th place, you have Mainz with 39 points. In 13th, you had Augsburg with 36 points. Hertha Berlin finished in 14th with 35 points. Armenia Bielefeld finished in 15th with 35 points. 16th place, Cologne, 33, had to go to the relegation playoff. And these two teams have both been relegated. Verda Bremen, 31 points. And Schalke, obviously Schalke's been out of it for a while. They finished with 16 points. Um, so the playoff slash relegation promotion playoff, um, it was Cologne 0, Holstein Kiel 1. Second leg, though, it was Holstein Kiel 1, Cologne 5. Cologne was not trying to go down to the second Bundesliga again. So now the two teams that will be coming up will be Bochum, which is funny to say in German, Bochum, and Firth. I cannot pronounce Firth the right way because it's spelled F-U with the umlau, R-T-H. Yeah, so they'll, they'll be back in the Bundesliga, as will Julian Green. He, he used to play for Stuttgart back in the day. Well, a couple seasons ago, and uh, now he will be playing back in the in the uh, Bundesliga. He's on the U.S. men's national team. Congratulations to him, and congratulations to Firth, and you know also to to Balkum. That that's cool. They they're moving up. All right, so switching gears. Um, as of right now, the teams that have qualified all across Europe for the uh, Champions League group stages, you got Atletico Madrid. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Sevilla, Villarreal, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, RB Leipzig, Borussia Dortmund, Wolfsburg, Inter, AC Milan, Atalanta, Juventus, Lille, Paris Saint-Germain, Sporting, Porto, Zenit, Club Brugge, Dynamo Kiev, Ajax, and from Turkey, Besiktas. Teams that have qualified for the Europa League group stage. As of right now, you got Real Sociedad, Real Betis, Leicester City, West Ham, Eintracht Frankfurt, Bayer Leverkusen, Napoli, Lazio, Lyon, Marseille, Braga, and Lokomotiv Moscow. You know, more will come. So now that the leagues are over, the club season is officially over. I mean, there are still teams, at least in Europe, there are still teams that are playing um, club friendlies. But these right now, these are the, the lineups for the Super Cups that are going to be coming, you know, over the summer. So um, in France, you got the Trophée des Champions. Um, that's the winners of the Coupe de France and Ligue 1. So you'll have Lille versus Paris Saint-Germain. In Spain, you got the uh, Supercopa de España. Remember a couple of seasons ago, they changed this. <sighs> so now there's four teams in it. It'll be, it's a little mini tournament. Atletico Madrid. Athletic Club, Barcelona, Real Madrid. 
in Italy, the Supercoppa d'Italiana, Inter Milan versus Juventus. We'll see if Cristiano Ronaldo comes back to Juventus. I don't know. In England, the uh, FA Community uh, Shield, you got Leicester City versus Man City. In Germany, the DFL Super Cup, you're going to have Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. Uh, and then in the UEFA Super Cup, you'll have Chelsea versus Villarreal. That should be that should be an interesting match. I'm going to put my money on Chelsea, though. But, you know, we made a mistake doing that last time because everybody thought that Man United was going to beat Villarreal. And they came out and they weren't having it. But we'll see. We will see what happens. So right now, a whole bunch of international matches going on. I was going to go through all of these scores. At least that was my plan. I'm not going to do that because that this is a it's a lot of scores, a lot of games. Um, I will say this, though. Two games that I watched today. I watched uh, the Belgium-Croatia game. Lukaku had the winner there. It was 1-0 for Belgium. And then I also watched the England-Romania game. I'm going to say this about England. I think, you know, England picked a pretty decent team. Um, today, yes, they were playing against Romania, who's not known as a powerhouse in European football. But uh, it, it just, it, to me, it seemed like England has a really good team. They, and it, they were saying, the commentators were saying that this was an experimental team. Which, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was. But they had no issues. England had zero issues moving the ball, getting the ball into the box. It just seemed like once they were taking their shots, like, they, they I don't know, like something, like a piece was missing or something was falling off. Like they just weren't able to do it. Their movement outside the box was really good. Movement of the ball into the box was really good. It's just that once it got into the box, they were having a, a hard time. Like it was like they were, were confused almost. Like they didn't know what to do once they got there. I don't know. That I don't know. That might just be me. But uh, but the game was pretty good. It ended up being a one or one zero win for England. But it was off of a penalty for I think Rashford took it. He wasn't the one that was penalized. He's the one that scored the winner. So it doesn't really matter. All right. Um, in news, Sergio Aguero. I think everybody knows this. He has officially signed for. Barcelona. So now I think everybody's waiting to see if Messi's going to stay with Barcelona or if Sergio Aguero will be the new Argentinian leader, <laughs> goal scorer of Barcelona. Um, Copa America. Yo. So it's supposed to be co-hosted between Argentina and Colombia. So Camebol took it away from Colombia because there was some like political unrest going on there. And they didn't want, you know, the, the tournament to get, you know, thrown off or whatever because a coup or something could possibly happen. Plus, you know, there were just civilians protesting. So they moved it to just Argentina. Then Argentina was like, yo, COVID is kind of bad here. So Common Bowl was like, ah, crap. All right. So what we're going to do is we're gonna move it to Brazil. Ah, I don't want to get into politics too much, but the president of Brazil. Yeah, I don't really want to get into it. But anyway, he's saying that the country is fine to host the Copa America. Um, but they have the worst COVID numbers in South America. Brazil does. So some of the captains for, I know at least Argentina, Brazil, and I want to say one more country. It's either Colombia or Peru. They're talking about, and there's been rumors of a possible like boycott by teams. So, you know, we're waiting to see what, what exactly is going to happen. Um, but there's a possibility still that the Copa America may not happen this year. Um, I, yes, the, the CONCACAF Gold Cup is going to be happening in the United States. Uh, 
But there has to be a way to make the, the Copa America happen this year. Comic Bowl has to figure something out. Me personally, I suggest they do it here in the United States. Um, yes, we still have some issues. We're having some areas where COVID is still bad. But listen, I'm going to put this out. No, actually, I'm not going to put that out. But anyway, Texas right now, yo, it, if you walked around, I'll put it like this. I went to Six Flags a couple of weeks ago, and I would say that the minority of people were wearing masks. Listen, I've been at Six Flags twice before that. Everybody had to wear masks. Everybody was wearing them. You know, some people were wearing them under their nose or whatever, but everybody had to wear a mask. This last time I went, I would say 7 to 10% of people were wearing masks. And I know that the majority of those people were not vaccinated, but who knows? I, I can't even say that because I don't know. But I just went to the supermarket like an hour ago or whenever it was, and the majority of the people in there were not wearing masks. A lot of people in the U.S. have gotten vaccinated. I think they're talking about like 60 to 70 percent or whatever. Bring the Copa America here. Play it here. You can play it alongside the Gold Cup. We got plenty of stadiums up in here. Plenty of stadiums in the United States. Um, or move it to another country. Move it to somewhere I don't know, some place where COVID numbers aren't bad. Take it to Australia. I'm sure Australia would love to host something like that, even though their they, their team pulled out a, a few months ago or whatever. There's plenty of places to host a Copa America, you know, where you don't have to worry about the COVID risk. And keep in mind, in Australia, yo, they have like full stadiums. Australia hasn't had a COVID case in months. In months. Do it in Australia. You could have, you literally could have full stadiums. And I guarantee you, yes, there's some teams like Bolivia and Venezuela, maybe that might not have a whole lot of fans that are there or whatever. There's a lot of people who would never think that they would get to see Brazil playing in, in person. Same thing with Argentina. Do it in a place like that. New Zealand. Seriously, there, there's a lot of places. There's a lot of places where you could host the Copa America right now. Comic Bowl, I hope you're listening. I'm giving you ideas over here. This is this is like $2 worth of free advice. Just take it outside the country. Or do it next year. I mean, what are you going to do? Because Brazil is not looking like a good option. Politicians in Brazil are even... They were like begging Neymar. They were calling it the tournament of death. Saying not to bring the Copa America to Brazil. We'll see. I'm just, just throwing ideas out there. Alright, so Zinedine Zidane has left... Uh, Real Madrid again, you know, he had a somewhat less than successful season, I guess, in his eyes. Um, they qualified for the Champions League, didn't win any trophies, though. Um, he said that he didn't feel like he was appreciated there. I mean, I think Perez has some issues, you know, still dealing with the fallout from the Super League, but who knows? Um, but at the same time, basically the same day that Zidane was like, yeah, I'm leaving, Pochettino apparently told PSG, who he just signed with, hey, um, I kind of want to leave because there's an opening in Tottenham. You know, I don't believe in going back to a place that you left, especially a place that you were kicked out of. Basically, he got fired from Tottenham, but apparently he's trying to go back to what I don't know, because Harry Kane is probably more than likely going to leave. But maybe that would be a good fit for him. But PSG, if you're listening Try. I would let Pochettino go. Let him go. He doesn't want to be there. He said he wants to leave. Let him go. 
let him go. Bring in Zidane. Because if you bring in Zidane, not only do you get a world-class coach with a history of winning, but you also have a chip, bargaining chip, to be able to keep Mbappe. Mbappe will stay if Zidane is coaching. Me personally, I think that Zidane is, he's going to, he wants to be the, the French national team coach. But obviously, Didier Deschamps is not going anywhere. I don't think he's going to do anything. He's not leaving to go anywhere. Definitely not before uh, the 2022 World Cup. If France happens to win that, I think he's going to be like, all right, I'm out. Um, but I think even if they lose next December and don't win the World Cup, I think he's still going to leave. So maybe for a year and a half, Zidane can wait and do nothing. Um, but if PSG is smart, they will throw a bunch of money at him because that's how you keep Mbappe in Paris. Neymar is already staying. That's how you keep Mbappe. Um, so we'll see. We will see what happens. And people, that is all I have for this week. Um, I'm going to go downstairs. There were some USL games that was going on. Left my wife sitting on the couch watching those. Um, I'm going to watch some some football, cook some pasta, and uh, go back to work tomorrow. I'm actually working from home tomorrow, actually for this whole next week, which is pretty nice. And then uh, next week, I'm leaving for to go to Europe for a couple weeks, which will be very, very nice. You know, one of the main reasons that I'm looking forward to going to Europe, I have family over there, obviously, on my wife's side. But I really want to go over there because there's a lot of food stuff from Germany that I'm missing to include one of my favorite sushi places. So I'm really, really looking forward to... Uh, I'm digging in some sushi and Makoto's. You guys better open up for while I'm there. Can't wait. So looking forward to it. So anyway, hey, people, I'm going to I always say this and I never do it, but I'm going to try to be a little bit more active on social media, especially I will definitely be super active on social media when I'm in Europe because I will not be working. Um, So you guys hit me up, email me, you know, 90 plus ET at gmail.com. It's the same at 90 plus ET on Twitter. Um, yeah, hit me up and uh, let me know what questions, comments, suggestions you guys have. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me, sticking with the show, being patient and just understanding that life is, you know, it is what it is. So I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Probably do a show, probably release it a week from today because uh, Monday we will be moving about. So um, thank you guys for listening. You guys have a good week. Wash your hands, wash your masks, take care of yourselves. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later.